Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Hi everyone. If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe for free on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Hello everyone and welcome to the Greener Side Podcast, your guide to all things immigration. And today, babalik tayo sa USA. Maraming nagre-request nitong country na to because Who doesn't want to live the American dream? We already discussed USA before when we talked about its student visas, but of course, many people want to know about its work visas and its green cards. And fortunately, we were able to find someone who has experience on both of these. So with us today is Johan de la Paz. He is 35 years old and he is a physical therapist in California. He has been there for five years now and he is a resident or a green card holder now. Hi, Johan, and welcome to the show. Hi, King. Well, thank you for having me here. I'm excited. Yes, and thank you too. I'm very honored to have you here. Johan is the podcast host of PT Meal, which talks about everything about physical therapy. So, Johan, kamusta naman ang life dyan sa U.S.? Ice long naman. Uh, it's it's cold now. <laughs> yeah, it's autumn, isn't it? Yeah, pa pa winter na. Yeah. Pa winter na. Mm. So, Johan, could you give us a background about yourself before we start asking you about all questions about the USA? Well, uh, as you mentioned, yeah, I'm a physical therapist. I've been a physical therapist for 12 years, uh, seven years in the Philippines, five years here, and I was able to migrate here in the US. Through an agency, staffing agency, I first worked in the East Coast as a home health physical therapist. Then after my contract ended, I decided to move closer to my relatives here in the West Coast, California. So yeah, now I'm here uh, working still as a physical therapist. Mm-mm. And bakit, Johan, of all of the countries that you could have gone to as a physical therapist, it's in demand in a lot of countries. Why did you mm-hmm. choose the U.S.? So back then, there were limited you know, options for physical therapists to, to go to. It's, it's usually U.S., Australia, Canada. But now, you know, there's the Middle East and, and UK. Austra- in Australia and Canada, they, they have practical exams for their board, for their licensure exams. So I go, that's kind of hard. I decided that if I'm going to work abroad, I, I want to go to the U.S. Also, my relatives go, so if ever I need help, at least they would be there to you know, help out. Mm, okay, so it was easier for you because you didn't need to convert your license to pass the standards uh, of, um, of the U.S.? No, I still need to um, take the exam here. But the exams in Canada and Australia for physical therapists, they need to have a written and a practical exam. So, right. I said, I practical exam. And so U.S., it's just a written exam that you need to study and, and pass so that you would be licensed as well to practice in the, in, in the U.S. as a physical therapist. Mm, okay. All right. That's good to know. And I will ask you more about that later. Pero, Johan, nakarating ka dyan. 
as a green card holder na agad. Tama ba? Right. Yeah. Yes. Sinuerte pero minalas na at the same time. Oo, kasi maraming gustong magpunta ng US on a work visa. Kasi ang, if we think about the green card, parang permanent residency na siya, di ba? Right. Tama ba? In my mind, ang impression ko is that you get the green card after a few years of living there in the US, but it's not the case for you. Mm-hmm. You have been a green card holder the moment you came there. Yes. How did that happen? So at first, yung agency ko, they wanted to apply a working visa for me. So it was an H-1B visa. It's a temporary non-immigrant work visa. It's, it's usually for people who are like in the special occupations, like so physical therapy, a nurse. Yung yung parang default visa for physical therapists before. H-1B has a cap. Uh, there's only a certain number of visas that U.S. would give out. I think per year, it's 65,000 for the whole world. Eh? So, in the Philippines. So, it's a lottery. So, if you apply, the employer or the agency applies you on the H-1B visa, then they have to submit it along with the 65,000 or more people around the world. And U.S. would pick that. So, for two years, hindi ako napipili for H-1B. So, nakahintay lang ako sa Philippines doing physical therapy. My agency told me that it's been, you know, you've had more than five years of experience and we believe that you're el- eligible for an, uh, for an immigrant visa. So, that would be the EB-2 visa. Sabi na, we'll try to apply you with that. Sabi ko, okay, do I need anything to accomplish, to fill out? No, it's it's an employer-based visa, so they, they'll do everything. If ever I need to fill out some forms, you know, they would send it to me through email. I'll, I'll print it out, uh, then sign it and send it back to them through the courier. So, yeah, so they applied me an immigrant visa and surprisingly, unfortunately, yeah, uh, and I w- came over here with, an, with a green card already. Okay. All right. So, EB2 visa is an immigrant visa. Is that what it's called? It's title? Yeah, it's a employment-based visa. So it's, it's a classification of an immigrant visa. Okay. Sige. Magiging two-pronged yung tanong ko. So first of okay. all, I'm going to ask about that H-1B visa, mm-hmm. which is parang default work visa for many, many occupations in the U.S. And I think this would apply to many of our listeners as well if they want to apply as mm-hmm. a worker in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned the my lottery system, ang H-1B. So ang ibig sabihin ba nito, kapag, for, let's say for example, nag-apply ako, natanggap ako sa isang U.S. company, it does not mean na, okay, pasok ako sa U.S. company, ibig sabihin makakapunta akong U.S., I have to undergo this lottery system pa with everyone in the world? And then kapag pasok ako sa 65,000, tsaka lang ako makakapasok ng US? Uh, it depends on the company. So yung H-1B is just one of the many classifications ng temporary work visa. So merong pang ibang klaseng work visas like intercompany work visas. Like if, you have, if you're working in a Philippine-based company, tapos meron silang mother company in the U.S., they can do that as well. So, it's a different type of visa. Yung sa akin naman, usually healthcare professionals fall under specialty occupations. Kaya ang ina-apply sa amin ay H-1B. Madalas, employers and agencies would have that as their default visas na ina-apply sa kanilang mga ano, employees so or recruits from the Philippines. Okay. All right. 
So I'll backtrack, Johan. So could you tell me, first of all, what is an H-1B visa? So the H-1B is a temporary non-immigrant work visa. So sometimes it could last for three years or five years that the employers can renew if they still want you to work for them. Then there are certain occupations that are included in that visa or can have that visa for uh, to work in the U.S. I'm not sure if there are specialties, but I'm just familiar that healthcare workers are usually part of this classification. There is a branch ng H1B, I think, fashion models kasama. So other mm-hmm. occupations, hindi ko lang masyadong familiar kung ano yung pasok sa specialty occupations na yan. Mm-mm. I think from what I recall, no, I read up about H1B before and I think it's most occupations, I think, fall in the H1B visa. Mm-hmm. I haven't read up about the other work visas, but H1B is pretty much like most people would apply for this. Johan, could you tell me about the lottery system? What exactly is this lottery system? So H-1B has a cap. So yun yung per year, that would be the 65,000 slots of visa applicants that they would choose per year. There is a non-cap version that they would add 10,000 slots. But that's a different type of H-1B where the facility that you're going to work in would be a non-profit or a research company. So going back to the lottery, so if you apply for an H-1B cap, which opens around April 1st, employers for that H-1B. So you apply for that H-1B April 1st, then you wait probably uh, two months to see if you were chosen. So, pag hindi ka napili, you can apply the next year ulit. So, maghihintay ka. Mm. Yung lottery, it's only being done once a year for that 65,000 slots. So, yung non-cap naman, it's, a, it's another avenue of H-1B. I think that's an additional 10,000 slots. Pero the only companies that or facilities that you can work at would be research companies and non-profit facilities. So that's also an option in, for other professions if the employer would want to take that route. Okay. So if I'm understanding this correctly, ang pwedeng mag-apply ng H-1B is yung employer mo, hindi mm-hmm. ikaw mismo. Yes. Yeah, because they're the ones gonna, who's going to petition you to work for them. Okay. And 65,000 lang out of everyone, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions in the world who apply for this visa, 65,000 lang ang napipili every year. Yes. That is a very cutthroat competition, mm-hmm. no? So if I get a job, how can I make it easier for my employer? Is there a way for me to make sure na pasok ako sa 65,000 na yun? How can I help my employer with that? Uh, usually, wala talaga magagawa eh. Maghahantay ka lang talaga. Ha, talaga? Na mapili. Talagang lottery talaga siya. Jackpot na lang kung mapili ka. Kung hindi, abang-abang ka ulit for the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard there are like priority filing. But I don't know how much that would affect your chances of getting into that 65,000. Because I've read in one of the emails that was sent to me that they did priority filing. So it kind of gave me hope. Pero hindi pala ganun kalaki yung impact nun dun sa chances of winning, <laughs> of getting picked for that 65,000. 
Ano yung priority filing? I think it's just parang mapunta ka lang in front of the line or something. Mm. Okay. Pero, so talagang yeah. loto lang talaga siya as in loto lottery. Lang, yeah. Living <laughs> up to its name. Suratihan lang talaga. Mm-hmm. Okay. And okay. So before I could even be eligible for this, I need an, an employer. And what documents would I need to give my employer to assist them in this uh, lottery system? Okay. Usually, when you talk to your employer before they take you, they would all already have asked you your... Uh, transcripts, your diploma, uh, your, for in my case, my license, my CV, work experience, references, they would have to look into that as well. One of my requirements as well is to continue working throughout the process. They, they ask me not to stop working during okay. the process because it, it's, again, it's lottery, so they don't know if I'm going to get it or not. So they want my work experience to be continuous. Usually that's what I'm required to do. Of course, there are other requirements in my profession. So, kailangan I have passed my licensure exam in the U.S. first. Then I have applied to the state that I want to go to. So, those are occupation-specific. But other than that, to apply you for, I think, for the visa, it's mostly the employer who would handle that. They should have already submitted that certain documents to the U.S. government, like there is a need. For physical therapists in that area, that they are able to provide that clear path for physical therapists, recruiting in the Philippines and, and bringing them to the U.S. and things like that. So that's on the employer's or the agency's end. Usually, ano lang naman, profession-specific documents ang ihingin sa'yo ng mga employers if they're going to apply you for that work visa. Okay, so profession-specific. Let's mm-hmm. say, for example, sa'yo sa PITINO, you have all of the requirements that you mentioned. Example, for a, a communication professional such as myself, if I do get an employer from the U.S., I would assume that they would ask for my diploma, mm-hmm. like, uh, like you, they asked for yours. Mm-hmm. Ano ba? Tapos, ano ba employment contracts ko, siguro? Yes, siguro, like that as well. So that, that also references, so they, they can cross-check. Mm-mm. And also a requirement for each one b is that your level of education is at the same level of education in the, in the U.S. So mm. I think there would be some credentialing. So you would apply or you submit your transcripts to a credentialing body in the U.S. that would see if your courses, your program, your diploma is at par with their program. Mm, right. So, kailangan mo ipakita yung ano mo, transcript mo and yung diploma mo to governing body that mm. kind of translates what level of education you have in U.S. standards. Right. So, mm-hmm. dapat pasok yung ano mo doon, mm-hmm. yung school mo or yung transcript right, mo doon. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. Is there anything else? I mean, apart from our documents, standard documents such as passports, NBI clearance, maybe birth certificates? Those were asked akin during the application for a green card. So birth certificates, police clearance, NBI clearance, marriage certificate, if a marriage adoption, kung ano, merong akong inadopt. Dito sa H1B, hindi naman siya hinihisa akin. Mm. Oh, but if you have a family, they can also apply that with your H-1B right away. They can apply the H-4 visa for your family. So, pwede kang magsama ng sama mo, ng anak mo with you, with mm-hmm. that application. Okay. All right. 
So, hindi nila hiningi sa'yo itong mga documents ito sa H-1B, no? Mm-hmm. So, for our listeners, although not all countries would require this, it's really best for all of us to keep like a folder mm-hmm. of our important documents such as yun nga, copy ng passport, copy ng birth certificate, bank statements, NBI clearance, uh, ano pa ba? So, iisipin ko muna, pero <laughs> yung mga important documents, bak- baka lang kasi kailanganin siya one day, but it doesn't apply to all visas like Johan said. As we said, it's, it's not bad to keep those records. Kasi nung I was applying, I all I kept all of that documents with me mm-hmm. para in case the employer asks me to produce that, meron na ako makukuha. But some of documents may expiration, di ba? Yung mga police clearance, and NBI clearance, so that I think you just still have to apply for a new ones kailangan. Yeah, better to keep it top of mind. Mm-hmm. At dapat alam ninyo kung ano yung mga documents yung napapaso uh-huh. na kailangan i-update every now and then para lang to make it easier for ourselves. Hindi yung bigla-bigla na, ay, may kailangan pala ako, pero I didn't get it. True, true, true. Mm-hmm. So, grabe, Johan, two years, hindi ka napasok sa lottery system. Mm-hmm. Buti yung employer mo, mapagpasensya. Nasabi, okay lang. We will try again. Kasi, wala naman silang magagawa. Pumira na ako ng kontrata sa kanila. I don't think they're gonna do anything bad kasi they're not gonna earn anything from me. They have spent for my licensure exam in the US. They have spent for my airfare. Maraming silang nagastos uh, sa akin prior to the application of visa. They would really have to try to get me to the US as much as they can. Kung hindi H1B other ways. So, yun mm-hmm. yung next yung immigrant visa. And they said, since naka five years na ako, they thought that I would be eligible for EB2, for the employment-based uh, immigrant visa. So, yun. Inapply nila ako. Yeah, EB2 visa. So, mm-hmm. employer-based immigrant visa. Could you mm-hmm. tell us, Johan, what is this exactly? Yung employment-based immigrant visa, as the name says, the employer would apply that for you again. These are what they call the green cards. Yung sa akin, it's EB2. Uh, this is the visa that they apply for persons that holds advanced degrees. So, masters, PhDs, other doctorates, or who have you know some exceptional experience in arts, science, or business, or have met their you know, experience-wise five years and up. So, dito ako pasok. Some other professions like nurses, pwede rin sa EB3, which is quite similar, skilled workers and professionals as well. Ang difference lang talaga nila, these are green cards, these are immigrant visas na, and this lasts for 10 years. But H-1B, some of my friends that had H-1B, kailangan nilang i-renew, or kailangan nilang umuwi ng Pilipinas, or their other concerns ay, paano pag nag-expire yung visa ko, pero hindi pa tapos yung kontrata ko, ano mangyayari, i-absorb ako ng company, mag-i-apply mo din ako ng immigrant visa. So, I guess the two years of waiting was, I think, a blessing. Nakapunta ako dito with an immigrant visa. Mm-mm. Tapos 10 years siya. It lasts for 10 years. Yeah. Unlike yung uh, H-1B na, sabi mo nga, 3 to 5 years, tama ba? I believe 3, to five, three or 5 years, depende kung ilan ang ibibigay ng Matanong ko lang, babalik lang ako sa H-1B for a bit. Kapag nag-expire na, do you have to undergo the lottery system again? No, they, the employer will just have to renew it. 
Oh great, oo nga, sa bagay, that makes sense. Kasi if everyone who has to go through that process along with the new people who have to apply for it again, then it's really a very cutthroat pool. Tapos, yung minention mo kanina na there's another 10,000 na non-lottery H-1B. This applies only to researchers and the academe and non-profits. Is that right? So yung H-1B non-CAP, these are for facilities getting foreign workers. The facility should be a non-profit institution or a research institution para applicable sa kanila yung non-CAP uh, H-1B. So this can be applied any time of the year. So kung napili ka dito, kaday lipat ka agad. Mm, pero may limit lang siya na 10,000 a year. 10,000 a year. Tapos bibihira lang din ata yung facilities or for us hospitals that are like that. Kasi mm. karami naman ng hospitals dito for profit. Alright. Thanks for clearing that up. So yung going back dun sa nakuha mong green card. So under the EB2 visa, the people who can apply for this EB2 visa are highly skilled professionals who had masters or doctorates or in your case have been working in a specialized field for a number of years yeah for 5 years or more for 5 years or more okay so ano namang pinagkaiba ng process dito at ng kinailangan mong documents compared to when your employer tried to apply for an H1B for you since these are employer based visas again it's up to the employer to file this. When they emailed me that they were going to apply the EB2 visa for me, I asked them if I need to accomplish anything or if I need to submit anything. Uh, they said that they're talking to their lawyers and they're they're going to do it on their end. So, sinabihan lang nila ako around like September that they have already applied. They sent me the documents. So, they just made sure that they got my names correct in those because it's all in their errand there. It's them applying for your visa to the U.S., letting them know, letting the U.S. know that you are someone needed to work in the U.S., that mm. my skills are needed in the U.S., and that they are accredited agency to do that. So, parang ganun lang yung EB2. Mm. Okay. And like you mentioned nung last time, they asked for your basic documents here. Mm-hmm. Yung passport mo, birth cert, and everything. Mm-hmm. They already have those information beforehand when I applied or signed up with them years ago pa. But those documents were asked again dun sa exit interview na. So they asked birth certificate, marriage contract, NBI and police clearance, barangay clearance, kumawa pa ako and other transcripts. So these are for the interview, the exit interview na sa console nung they said that they already got my application and that I'm confirmed for the inter- exit interview. Mm. So kapag nag-apply sila ng visa sa'yo, tapos natanggap ka, kailangan mo pa ng interview sa embassy? I think for formality. Okay. They have double check, I guess here in mm. the, the Philippines that you're telling the truth that what your employer is telling you is the same as what you know. Mm. So, okay. so you have to produce those same documents. Okay. Just to be sure that it's consistent. Mm-hmm. The stories right, right. that you, uh, the, the story of you going to the U.S. is consistent. Right. Pwede kasing yung employer would file a different set of wages in the application pero pagkakaalam mo pala mas malaki ang ibabayad sa'yo. So, 
there should be some consistency na you know mm. what you're getting into and you know your rights. Okay. All right. I get it. Tapos, ito, wala siyang opening period unlike sa H1B na April mag-open. Yung lottery system dito, it's all year round. Your employers can apply all year round. I believe so. Uh, pero dun sa email, if I remember correctly, they were trying to catch a certain date. Pero... In the end, they applied it September because it was the time that uh, I think the U.S. government is setting the, their standard wages. So, kung nag-adjust ng U.S. ng standard wages, kailangan mag-adjust din yung employers ng wages nila for mm. me. So, yun. So, na, mm. na-hold back, I think, for one month just because the U.S. released that new prevailing wage for the next fiscal year. Okay. Uh, I see. And... Johan, could you give us some tips, no? What, first of all, what professions or what industries are really lacking in employees and are looking for employees all over the world? In the U.S., there's a lot of, still a lot of demand here for healthcare workers. I heard teachers also, malaki din ang demand. Those are groups na, as a Facebook group na kasali ako, there, there are a lot of posting for teachers, even uh, Filipino teachers. Not sure though sa industry ng, um, ng computer, computer or technology kasi if you're working in a big company in the Philippines, you can work here through you know your intra-company route. So I have friends na ganun nang, nangyari sa kanila. Their company from the Philippines sent them here to work. That's another option for those who are working big companies. For me, no. For for me personally, I have always wondered how I could go to the U.S. Just because this belief of an American dream has been peddled to us for a very, very long time. So for me, who is not healthcare professional, Mm -hmm. uh, what is your advice for people like us, for people like me who just want to go there, maybe get an office job? Yeah, what can you tell us? If you're going to look for jobs like that uh, here, tapos you're in the Philippines, that employer should be able to justify petitioning someone out of the country. So, kailangan they have exhausted all their efforts to makahanap ng employees locally first. Mm-mm. If you're someone outside of healthcare and you want to look for jobs in the U.S., probably the best route would be search in POEA or ask your friends around if, they know people who went to the U.S. or work in the U.S. that is not in the industry of healthcare. Mm-mm. So POEA, check your friends, then determine you know what route you want to go to. If you want to search for employers, marami namang sites that are posting jobs. And you just have to ask if they're going to petition you with work visas. Mm-hmm. Check you know, if they're legit. So check POEA, POEA sites, reviews, check um, the companies, uh, if, if they have history of cases filed against them. So yun yung mga kailangan or important things that you have to do when you do your research. Yeah, so okay, check the Philippine Overseas Employment Administration website for any openings and also, ask your friends who have experienced moving to the U.S., working in the U.S., working overseas. Mm-hmm. And to our listeners, time and time again, no, sa lahat ng ating na-interview, the prevailing thing is that the people who are overseas, they really did their research. 
And what may seem like a far-flung dream, for many of us, to move overseas is actually abot kamay kapag nag-research tayo. Kasi madali lang talaga. Kailangan lang talagang mag-spend mm. ng time to look for the answers. Like Johan here and like myself in New Zealand, you all you have to do is really have that willpower to find a job or to study overseas. And with enough hard work, it will happen. All right. All right. So, Johan, thank you again for being here with us. Our first part, no, we talked about the U.S. lottery system for the H-1B visas as well as the EB-2 visas. And now I want to ask you about your experience living there in California. So you've been there for five years now. Is that correct? Five years in the U.S. So I spent two years in, in the East Coast in Maryland, then moved here in California. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it must have been quite a shock for you to be thrown into a Western country with very different ideals from that of the Philippines. So what were your initial observations and culture shocks upon moving there? I would say the first one would be that everything is done online here. It's convenient and easy to do everything online. So when I came here, I first landed in Florida. That's where we settled everything first, you know, banks, car and stuff. So I did everything online. I, I looked for my apartment online and, and did business online. Also looked for my car online and I told them I'll be in Maryland at this time. Can you reserve me that? Okay, then transact online, gave them my credit card information and, and that's all settled. So we go... That's so nice. That's so convenient. High tech. Uh, parang, it, it, I don't know if this is going to happen in the Philippines, pero napakadali gawin lahat. So, the next one is everything has to be driven. Not like in the Philippines that you walk to a certain store or walk to Carinderia. You have to drive. There's not much public transportation. Bibihira lang. Mm. You don't see people walking around. Talaga. If you're, you're gonna walk at the side of the road, people would look at you. Parang magugulat sila, what? Why are they walking? <laughs> <laughs> so, parang... This is a Maryland lang or sa California din? Sa Maryland, kasi nasa ano kami, I was in a college town. Not many people are walking really. A lot are of driving. Mm-hmm. Uh, I first landed in Florida, ganun din. So, if we walk from where we train... To our apartment, parang everybody who was driving beside us kept on looking at us. Na parang bakit sila naglalakad tapos they're walking in groups. So parang they, they might think that we're in a protest rally or something. <laughs> so, Grabe. <laughs> uh, even when we're using uh, umbrellas, wa- walking, kasi mahinit sa Florida eh. So parang kakaiba sa kanila that we were using an umbrella while walking. So parang, bakit kayo tumitingin sa akin? <laughs> so, yun. <laughs> bakit weird siya? Kasi pa- paano pag malapit lang? Paano pag like 500 meters away lang yung oh, destination mo? Do they still drive? I think they still drive. Pero ay, ay, uh, ganun na rin ako ngayon. I, I do drive na rin. <laughs> so pag malapit lang, kahit just across the street lang, i-drive ko na lang. Kasi you don't know what's gonna happen eh. So, it's for safety and convenience. Mm. When you move here, 
the biggest issue would be your your credit and your social security. So you have to guard your social security number with all your life and memorize it. Because in all applications, you have to write it down. Tapos everything, your life is your credit as well. So pag may utang ka, your credit score will go down. That would affect your you know, ability to borrow money from the bank or to rent good houses or apartments. So I think dun ako masyado masyado kasi ang daming responsibilities when I came over here na I have to think about banking, diving, credit, social security. So yun ang mga bagay na hindi ko maginagawa sa Philippines kasi I'm living with my family. So parang when I came over here, oh, ito na talaga. Ako na lang talaga nandito. <laughs> Mm-mm, so, yeah. you got your first taste of independence dyan sa US. Yung responsibilities. Oo. Kakibat nung independence. Oo, oo. Pag nag-overseas ka nga, no? I mean, that experience of yours is universal among as OFWs. Lalo na yung mga mag-isang naglumipat sa ibang mm-hmm. bansa na talagang, oh, lahat ako. Mm-hmm. Wala, kasi wala kang, ano, wala kang family. Mm-hmm. Minsan wala kang family. Okay. And it's in- interesting to note that lahat dyan is high-tech, no? Nakakabis. Wala siyang use for malls here kasi can order everything online, can do everything online. So parang yung typical leisure ng Filipinos to going out sa mall or uh, window shopping, parang hindi siya masyadong ginagawa dito or parang strange siya dito kasi every, everything's very convenient online. Yeah. And when I listen or when I watch um, media from the U.S., no, it depicts your working culture or their working culture as this very intense, very competitive culture where everyone has to be number one. Everyone has to make it to the top so that they could buy nice things. So <laughs> what is your experience with that? Is that true? Unfortunately, when I started in my first job here, maganda yung work culture because most of the therapists that I work with were Filipinos as well. So, yung adjusting hindi ganon kalaki. They were Filipino physical therapists. Sila din yung kasama namin outside of work. So, may continuity. I already had that community there. I guess work culture, iba rin yung pakikisama with other non-Filipinos. Kasi iba yung trato nila sa'yo. Uh, I don't know if, if it's because I'm Filipino or because I'm younger. Pero the managers I had before, I felt like their, their treatment towards me was a little bit different. But I, I, I wouldn't say that it's about race. I, I don't want to think about that. So probably they're just, it's just their personalities. It's just not me that they're, they're doing that too. So yung being cutthroat, I don't think that's something that you would see in healthcare or with rehabilitation professionals. Because we're not really competing against each other. So it's not evident for us. It's usually just helping each other if, you know, there are patients who are irate or non-compliant or uh, aggressive. So, doon nagtutulong-tulong na lang that we can, like, refer to other physical therapists to do or to see that patient. So, yeah, I think that's the you know, difference in work culture. Kasi work, 
the, the load of work I do here in the US. Similar lang sa Philippines eh. Wala mo nagdago. The way I handle patients in the Philippines, it's similar here. Another difference is insurance. The Philippines, it's cash-based style. Mm. Here in the US, it's usually insurance-driven. So, yun, not much difference. Mm. And fortunate naman ako na I had good relationship with my workmates. Okay. Yeah. I want to dispel some myths no, about the US while I'm talking to you. So, could you tell me about the American people? Yung huli kong na-interview, sabi niya mm. that he noticed that Americans are very assertive and very mm. loud. And what can you say about uh, the people, the locals? I would agree with that person. I, I think because when we do our meetings, it's usually the Americans that are, you know, talking during the meeting. Coming from Filipinos, we're the ones uh, just sitting, listening, and we just, lang, uh-huh. uh, we just speak when we're asking. But yeah, they're assertive. My patients or the people that I interact with in general, most of them are also like Filipinos. Because eh? most of the patients that I handled are are within the older population. So sila yung very accommodating, matanong, malumanay. Uh, malumanay, pero there are some that, you know, medyo strong, <laughs> strong in personality na there were, there was an issue before na about like immigration, tapos they were asking me about it. I would just say na, oh, I don't listen to the news. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't have any opinions on that. Kasi I, I don't wanna, you know, I don't know their stand on that. Ayokong mga, so I don't usually open that type of conversation. Pero most of the people I talk to or interacted, the patients I handled, are good-natured naman. Ibihira lang yung very strong-willed na outright different in treatment sa'yo as compared to non-Filipino healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. And yung US nga has been, has gotten a bad rap in the past few years. The, what's happened there seems to be uh, a terrible experience for a lot of migrants. How about for you? What was the experience? Nung nag-breakout yung news about that, medyo kinakabahan kami what would happen kasi we're in the East Coast. Uh, there's not much population of like Asian or Filipinos there. Fortunately, wala naman ako naramdamang outright racist incidents except for one. Pero... Other than that, I think people in the East were more open to other people from different countries. So they would sometimes ask where you're from. I would say the city where I'm from, but they would say, no, where where are you really from? So before that, <laughs> so uh, oh, okay, I'm from, the, I'm from the Philippines. Oh, yeah. So I was thinking if you're Mexican or Filipino. Oh, I know a lot of Filipinos. Do you know so-and-so? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're Filipino. Do you know this Filipino friend of mine yeah. from this other state? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So I have uh, this Filipino neighbor. Or I have this Filipino work. <laughs> Maybe you know each other. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm just new here. So <laughs> I don't know anyone yet. <laughs> yeah, because so, yeah. malaki yung OFW population jan, de ba? One of the bigger migrant groups in the US. Uh, in certain areas, yes. Mm. Uh, pero pag you're not in the city, bibihira yung mga Filipinos eh. 
Parang, mm-hmm. madalas nga magkakilala kami, pero minsan naman talaga yung mga binabanggitin ng pangalan, parang sino yun? <laughs> Wala talaga. They really assume that since you're Filipino and they know someone Filipino, that you would know that person. Parang, sometimes <laughs> I just laugh. So, uh, kasi it's not really, you know, I don't think they meant it that that way. Pero, you know, they just were excited to know another Filipino kasi parang rare kami <laughs> doon sa area na yun. Mm, okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, wala naman, oh, nakakatawa lang siya. I don't think um, there's any bad intention naman behind uh, it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And for the most part, no, the U.S. dichotomy, she, the way it's depicted now, there are a lot of good things about it. It has been glamorized, romanticized for so many years, and lately we do see a lot of bad news about it too. So, could you just shed some light on the actual experience of living there as a migrant? What it is? So, if you want to move here, you have to deal with the responsibility that we talked about earlier. You have to deal with looking for a good place to live. So if you have a family, you would want to know the crime rates, you know. Parang dito ko lang naisip yun na kailangan hanapan mo yung crime rates ng city na pupuntahan mo. You have to look for a good school district kung if you have uh, some children. So those are, I think, the realities that not many people know that you would encounter or face if you move in the U.S. So you also won't have to consider, you know, living wages. You have to consider if that state has income tax. Kung wala, it's good. <laughs> so makukuha mo yung majority of your earnings. People would say, you know, magandang magtrabaho sa U.S. But tas malakikita. But you earn dollars. You spend dollars as well. So, malaki rin yung gastos dito if you're especially single and you don't have anyone to help you with. So, maganda siya. Maganda naman tumira. But you just have to face all of those realities and responsibilities along with that dream. I think mas malaki yung risk when you work here because you're in a foreign country as compared to the risks that you would face in in the Philippines. Mm-mm. And yeah, kasi ang impression natin is that you're, you know, you're earning dollars. It means you're rich. But yeah, the standard of living there is also very high. Either you have to have another your spouse working as well or you're working multiple jobs. Mm-mm. Even physical therapists here work other jobs as well, have some side gigs and hustles. They, they don't just stop with uh, that, that 9 to 5. So, hindi siya ganun lahat. Mm-mm, so, mo, mo na lang. Podcaster ka, yan yung side <laughs> hustle mo. Nag-iisip pa kung paano siya i-monetize. Pero, yeah. So, this is, the, the podcast for me was just a passion project just to get away from that stress. Ah, ganun? Pero physical therapy pa rin pinag-uusapan nyo. <laughs> Oo, pero it, it's not about dealing with patients. It's, I think it's more on conversations and learning and, and knowing the experience of the other person. Yeah. Johan, do you see yourself living there for the long term? Yeah. At the three-year mark, sabi ko, okay, parang okay na ako dito for long term. Pero I'm still thinking about retirement. So I don't know if I'm going to retire here or somewhere else. Pero I think I'll be here for, for a long time. Mm. So is the grass greener there in the U.S.? I would say with all the realities and responsibilities, still yes. 
because for the same amount of work I, I do in the Philippines, the salary is bigger. You know, you just have to be responsible. You just have to be conscious of what you're doing. And if you want to live larger, then think of other hustles. You know, there are other ways to earn. So yung malaking opportunities pa That's right. Thank you so much, Johan, for sharing your experience in the U.S. Tell us about PT Meal Podcast. Thank you. Uh, so PT Meal Podcast is a podcast where we talk about physical therapy, specialties, settings, some special topics, all about physical therapy, movement, activities, and leisure. Physical therapists as well, doing great things who are experts in their fields and have rich experiences to share. So, hindi lang about teaching. We talk about business, we talk about SEO, we talk about life in the military. So, different colors of physical therapy. Kasi ang alam lang ng mga tao, physical therapist nasa hospital or nasa clinic, yun lang. So, there are other physical therapists or other paths where physical therapists can strive or, or thrive. Alright, PT Meal Podcast. Important din to sa ating millennials kasi our backs are already beginning to ache. Yung mga kasukasuan natin, sumasakit na. We are not young anymore, sadly. So, for anybody who's interested in all things physical therapy, do check out Johan's podcast, PT Meal. Thank you so much, Johan, for being with us here today. Thank you, Craig, for having me. <laughs> Yes, and for anybody, if you enjoy this podcast, do reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or on email. Or if you really love us, you can buy us a coffee. If you want any countries to be covered, just let us know. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Kring Lakson with Johan, and this is The Greener Side. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.